Hello and welcome back to another edition of Locked on Spartans, a special Saturday edition. It is February 16th, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter, welcoming you back in for another edition of Locked on Spartans. Today, like I said, special Saturday edition, strictly an Ohio State preview. Uh, got, I'm getting this thing, actually, so <laughs> I'm lying to you already. It's Friday night right now as I record, about 10 o'clock. And I'm going to actually post this as soon as I'm done with it instead of scheduling it. So it is out Friday night. But I would imagine most people will get to it Saturday morning. Uh, Michigan State has a 1 o'clock tip uh, on CBS against Ohio State at home in the Breslin Center. Uh, so after you know a little stretch here where Michigan State's been spending some time on the road, uh, two of the last three uh, and, what, four of the last six on the road, uh, Michigan State has back-to-back home games here, starting off with Ohio State. Uh, and so that's what we are going to talk about today. Uh, these two teams matched up already uh, once a season, with Michigan State getting an 86-77 win in Columbus. Uh, ended up a nine-point victory, but it was a, a pretty close game throughout. Uh, you know, Michigan State felt solidly in control for the most part. I'm actually just going back here through the the win probability thing, uh, and with about five minutes remaining in the game, uh, it was still a bit of a 50-50 proposition uh, as to who would win, Uh, and then the last five minutes, or really last four minutes, Michigan State kind of took over and was able to pull away a bit and put some distance between themselves and Ohio State. Uh, and get out of there with a nine-point victory. So uh, that game will be our sole focus for today's show, and I'm just going to do it in two segments here, give you guys a little bit of a break on commercial time and things like that. So two segments today, both previewing uh, Michigan State versus Ohio State. Real quick before we get going, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Just search Locked On on Spartans wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Subscribe, it's the easiest way, the fastest way to get it sent directly to your phone. Uh, you can always email the show, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com, anytime you want to send in a question or contribute to the show or anything like that. And of course, uh, follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter, one L, two underscores. Uh, I tweet during the games and things like that, like to interact with people, always try to answer questions or give my opinion or provide statistics uh, that can support any sort of thing or anything like that. So that is the end of the homework portion. Let's talk about this game. Okay, so these two teams met uh, at the beginning of January, like I said, and for Ohio State, uh, they were 12-1 and going into that game. Their lone loss to Syracuse had gotten all the way up to 23rd in Ken Palm, uh, 2-0 in the Big Ten, and were really looking like, you know, even though they hadn't beaten anybody great at, the, at that time, you know, they beat Creighton and Cincinnati, who are a solid team. Cincinnati's pretty good. Um they were looking like a team that could possibly contend for the Big Ten, starting off 12-1, and of course, is very impressive. They lose to Michigan State, and then after that game, they lose four more in a row uh, before riding the ship a little bit, uh, although they did lose on Valentine's Day to Illinois at home. So a uh, bit of an up-and-down season so far for Ohio State. They're sitting at 16-8 and right now on the season, 6-7 and in the Big Ten play. Uh, of course, highlighted by that five-game conference losing streak. Uh, they are still, though, the number 37 team in Ken Palm. Uh, you know, they beat Nebraska on the road by 10, and we know Nebraska's solid. Uh, you know, some tough, close losses, at least, in Big Ten play. 
uh, you know, hung with Michigan for a little bit, but got beat. Uh, and and you know, the the Big Ten is strong enough that uh, a team like Ohio State that has such a strong non-conference and then gets roughed up a little bit and it has an up and down Big Ten season, it's not going to crush their efficiency rankings just because they're going up against either a really good offense or a really good defense or sometimes both uh, each and every night. So the the point is this is still a really good team, a really solid team, 37 in Ken Palm, like I said, number 58 in adjusted efficiency on offense and number 24 on defense. Um so, you know, solid defensively, pretty good on offense, not elite really at anything, and we're going to go through their individual categories, but they're just kind of solid across the board, and there's very few things they're legitimately bad at. So, uh, you know, that's kind of how they, they fit in. They're not great at anything, but not bad at anything either. So uh, in terms of uh, four factors, you know, breaking this down even further, on offense, they are 101st in the country in effective field goal percentage, so... An okay shooting team, not anything special. Uh, they do, this is one of their, their things, they do turn the ball over at a, at a pretty high rate. They are 235th in the country, and just for comparison, Michigan State's 192nd in the country. So they are even worse than Michigan State at protecting the ball, uh, and that shows in their turnover percentage and steal percentage against. Uh, another thing here that I think is going to be really key they're the 173rd ranked team in offensive rebound percentage. That is a spot where we've seen Michigan State struggle, and I highlighted how high their opponents' offensive rebound percentages were during that three-game losing streak. Uh, like They just got crushed by Purdue, Indiana, and Illinois on the offensive glass, and then uh, did a really good job against Minnesota because Minnesota's a real good offensive rebounding team, uh, held Minnesota well below their season average, and then, you know, we know Wisconsin does an offensive rebound, but uh, Michigan State still did a really good job of the defensive glass there. And so that's going to be another thing, uh, and I think it'll stick this way throughout the rest of the season, how well this Michigan State rebound on the defensive end uh, is going to have strong correlation with how well they're playing because I've said it a hundred times, I'm going to keep saying it, they do not turn teams over defensively. They get stops by forcing difficult shots and getting rebounds. And if you're not getting rebounds, you're not getting stops. So... Uh, Ohio State is not a team that, at least on paper, is built to uh, you know, take advantage of Michigan State's weakness. But again, uh, Indiana is number 211 at offensive rebounding percentage, and they killed Michigan State on the offensive glass. So Ohio State's better than them. Illinois is 133rd in offensive rebounding percentage. Uh, so Ohio State's you know, a, a slight margin, a, a little bit worse than them, but not terribly far below uh, Illinois in terms of that. And so I think it's just, and, you know, Tom Izzo says this, a lot of people say this, rebounding is about effort and it's about trying really hard. And when Nick Ward is giving it, it's all down there to box people out. Kenny Goins is doing a good job and the wings are crashing the glass aggressively and doing a good job. Uh, that makes the world a difference. So we'll see what sort of effort Michigan State brings on that uh, portion of the game. How well do they rebound defensively? Uh, at least on paper, Ohio State is not a team that can crush them on the offensive glass, uh, really outside of Caleb Wesson and Kyle Young, who doesn't play a ton for them. Uh, there's not really many great offensive rebounders on Ohio State's team. So that's somewhere where Michigan State should be rock solid uh, and has to be rock solid because Ohio State, if you're giving them extra possessions or extra chances on possessions, they're good enough to 
score enough points and then hold you down on defense a little bit and make a game of a game that really uh, shouldn't be much of a game. I mean, the the margin is is projected twelve point victory for Michigan State, so twelve percent chance of winning for Ohio State. Uh, another thing, one of the things that Ohio State does real well, uh, not real well, but the thing they do best offensively is get to the free throw line. And that's going to be another thing to really look out for. Uh, there's 76 in the country in free throw rate, which is their highest ranked offensive um, metric in terms of field, effective field goal percentage, turnover percentage, offensive rebounding, uh, free throw percentage, steal percentage, block percentage against, things like that. So 76, like I said, they don't do anything at an elite level on offense, but they're kind of just solid across the board. Uh, free throw, getting to the free throw line is what they are best at. Uh, and that's really, you know, Caleb Wesson, uh, who we know about, uh, draws 7.2 fouls per 40 minutes. That's 10th in the country. Uh, and he's a guy who gets to the line a ton and does a good job hitting free throws. Once he gets there, 73% free throw shooter. Um, Ohio State's 101st in the country in free throw percentage, shooting as a team about 73%. So they're solid at uh, shooting free throws. Uh, but, you know, they get to the line. C.J. Jackson for a guard. Uh, does a good job getting to the line, uh, has a higher percentage than you would think, and really out of all their main contributors, guys who play at, uh, real minutes for them, uh, is their second best player at drawing fouls. So uh, yeah, Caleb Weston and C.J. Jackson, foul trouble is going to be something that uh, if it hurts, Mich- or if it, it, you know, something that impacts Michigan State, it could be uh, something that makes a major difference. The, the Really the story of the first game between these two teams was that Nick Ward, uh, and Cassius Winston were absolutely uh, crushing Ohio State in terms of getting to the free throw line. Between the two of them, they shot 25 free throws. Uh, and if you remember, both Caleb and Andre Wesson fouled out, and so did Luther Muhammad. Uh, so that was huge in that game. Uh, Nick Ward had his way down low with those guys, was drawing a ton of fouls, uh, and, and Cassius Winston was getting fouls uh, drawn on him as well, especially from Muhammad, who's just a freshman who... Uh, spent some time guarding Cassius in that game. So fouls are, are going to be something to, to look out for. If Caleb Wesson is able to have the type of game that uh, he can have, because uh, he's a guy who gets rebounds, who scores the ball, uh, does shoot some threes, but spends most of his time working in the paint. Uh, if he's able to get Nick Ward in foul trouble, uh, that's something that could definitely hurt Michigan State because uh, just... You know, the, the depth on the front court, we've talked about it a ton. They're only playing three guys. Uh, and, you know, this is maybe a spot where you don't want a ton of Thomas Kithier against a guy who's as good as Caleb Wesson is down low. Not that he would necessarily draw the assignment if he has to come in, but that's something to watch. The battle between Caleb Wesson and Nick Ward, who's able to, you know, if either one of them does, get each other in foul trouble, uh, played out perfectly for Michigan State and was a huge advantage. The first time these two teams matched up, and you know Wesson is a guy who uh, does commit a lot of fouls. Uh, it played a big role in this first game, and it, it could be something that definitely plays a role in this next game. Uh, let's break right there, and then when we get back after this quick break, I just I want to keep on with the time, and I'm at 11:30 right now, so uh, I'm gonna break right here, and then when we get back, we'll just kind of do the same thing and sort of uh, finish out what we started there. So uh, we'll do that right after the break. Uh, Real quick, I have an important favor to ask. We're doing a survey uh, of our listeners for, you know, advertising and things like that, trying to get a better feel of who listens to the show, what type of person listens to the show. 
what you guys like about the show, what you don't like about the show, how we can make it better for you. Uh, so we're doing this survey. Uh, it shouldn't take too long to uh, to take, about 15 minutes. It's no strings attached or anything like that. You don't have to do anything weird. And by participating, you enter for a chance to win a $250 Vivid Seats gift card. So that's pretty cool. Uh, just go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. That's LockedOnPodcasts with an S at the end there, dot com slash survey. Uh, really appreciate anyone who takes the time to do that. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked on Spartans. Let's just roll back into this Michigan State-Ohio State preview. Uh, I want to talk real quick about some things that you know happened the last time these two teams played that were really key. So Cassius Winston in 35 minutes put up 25 points, uh, five assists, and two rebounds to go against uh, just two turnovers. Had a steal on defense too, nice. Um, but he was... I think, you know, he did a lot, made a lot of plays, uh, went six or six from two and only two of six from three. But the thing that was really key for him was getting to the free throw line 11 times. He only made seven of them and his free throw shooting has been a little up and down at times this year. You'd expect him to make nine or 10 if he gets there 11 times. But if he's, uh, you know, able to get to the rim the way he was against Ohio State, I remember just like really savvy drives. The hesitation that he's working on has been so great. Uh this is something where that's going to be available to him again this game. Uh, the way Ohio State's going to defend, uh, Cassius is going to have a chance to be able to get to the free throw line uh, and make plays that way. And so I think that's something to look out for. If Cassius is aggressive early in driving uh, and getting either you know easy layups or getting guys on you know like a dump off to Nick Ward or a driving kick to Matt McQuaid on the wing, or getting to the free throw line, things like that, that's going to really bode well for Michigan State's offense in the game. Uh, I think that's going to be one of the big keys. And then Nick Ward going to work, like I've already talked about, against uh, Caleb Wesson. That's you know a matchup that Ward was able to dominate last time. Uh, he played 29 minutes, had 21 points on 5 of 7 shooting, and went 11 of 14 from the free throw line, which is like exactly what you want from a Nick Ward game. And he did grab eight rebounds as well and, and block three shots. So not only did he get it done on the offensive end, he was uh, frustrating on, on the other end of the floor as well because really outside of Wesson uh, for Ohio State, nobody did much on the offensive end. Uh, you know, C.J. Jackson scored 10 points but needed 10 shots to do it. Uh, and Wesson got 25 on 15, so a pretty efficient night for him. He got to the line two a bit. Um you know, they were Michigan State was able to kind of spread out the fouls. None of the big guys really got in trouble uh, against Wesson. You know, between Ward, Tillman, and Goins, they had seven total fouls. It was uh, McQuaid and Cassius Winston who got into a bit of foul trouble. Uh, you know, Luther Muhammad got to the free throw line as well, and that's where those guys got their foul calls. So uh, that's going to be, 
Something to look out for, for sure. Those two things. How is Nick Ward operating down low? Is it the inside-out game? Is Ward able to get buckets, uh, you know, make those little hook shots in the lefty layups and get to the free throw line? Uh, and is Cash just able to work his way into the lane and create that way? Because if Michigan State's able to do that, I don't see any way that, you know, this game ends up being any sort of like threat or anything like that to them. Um, Michigan State is good enough to be able to dictate this game and how it's played. And really, uh, just like it is against most Big Ten teams, it's kind of a contrast in styles. Ohio State is 292nd in the country in adjusted tempo, uh, 238th in average possession length on offense. So they're a team that's going to slow it down. and, you know, that plays into the offensive rebounding as well. But as you know, as we saw against Wisconsin, Michigan State, when they want to, can get transition going against anybody. So if Michigan State's able to dictate the pace in this game, keep it at their tempo, uh, work inside through Nick Ward, uh, get Cassius Winston aggressive, making plays in the lane, that's just going to totally break down everything that Ohio State wants to do defensively. Uh, and it's going to be uh, a convincing win for Michigan State. Where this could kind of go wrong, talked about it a little bit already, is um, you know down low, Caleb Wesson is able to get Nick Ward into foul trouble. He has to take an early seat, something like that. Then you've got Tillman playing extra minutes, and offensively, Michigan State, if they don't establish Ward early, um, you know that's going to make things harder on offense. You know, anytime we saw it against Wisconsin when Nick Ward had to sit down, the offense bogged down a bit in the half court. So that's a way that it can go wrong. If Cassius Winston finds himself in a little bit of foul trouble uh, with C.J. Jackson or, or Luther Muhammad, uh, we know that that can spell doom for Michigan State. But as long as they rebound well and as long as they don't uh, get into early foul trouble between Cassius or Nick Ward, uh, you know, it, things should be relatively fine against this team. I want to uh, close out the show here just by going through Ohio State's team a little bit just to remind you who you're going to see who's important uh, and some things to watch for so talked about Caleb Wesson a lot he's their most important guy in offense has been struggling a little bit on the offensive end lately uh, at least in terms of efficiency and and scoring he had a 27 point game against Rutgers but uh, 11 10 6 12 7 6 11 2 uh, are his scoring totals and his last however many game that was, games that was outside of Rutgers. So he's been struggling uh, to score a little bit. That bodes well for Michigan State, but it really starts uh, with him down low. Uh, he's a guy, like I said, draws a ton of fouls, uh, shoots well from two, uh, can shoot the three a little bit, which is something to look out for. Uh, shoots a 39%, doesn't take a ton of them. You know That might be an adjustment for Ohio State to try to get bodies out of the paint. For Michigan State, I'm sure Ohio State is aware how good Michigan State's two-point defense is. So that's something to watch early in the game. How are they using Wesson? Is he out in the perimeter at all? Uh, after him, C.J. Jackson's the other guy to know about. Uh, shoots 40.5% from three. Takes a lot of them. Shoots 80% from the free throw line. Uh, pretty good steal percentage and a good assist rate as well. Good shooter. Doesn't turn the ball over too, too much. Um you know, could take better care of it, but does make plays, does hit shots, uh, and can swipe you on the defensive end. So he's someone to, to look out for. He's their leading guy in minutes. Uh, I would expect him to be hounding Cassius Winston a bunch this game, uh, as well as Luther Muhammad, who starts at the two, but, um, you know, things get switched around a bit defensively. Shoots 43.5% uh, 
from three, uh, number 102 on the season in the country in terms of three-point percentage. So a really good shooter. Doesn't take a ton, uh, you know, less than three uh, a game. Another guy who shoots well from the free throw line but doesn't get there uh, nearly at the rate that C.J. Jackson and Caleb Wesson does. But he's another guy who can hurt you a little bit, especially if he gets going from three. Then there's Andre Wesson, who's their power forward. Um Man, Ohio State is so small. I'm just going through this. 6'1 is their point guard. Muhammad uh, is 6'3. Keyshawn Woods is 6'3, their wing. Uh, they're starting three. Andre Wesson is 6'6 at power forward, and Caleb Wesson's 6'9. And really, bench guys uh, aren't much bigger than that. Wesson is their tallest player at 6'9. So, uh, short team there. Uh, that would make sense when you look at their offensive rebounding numbers. Anyway, uh, Andre Wesson is a really efficient player. Doesn't take a ton of shots, but shoots. Uh, well when he does 58% from two can shoot a little bit from three 34% and he's a guy who shoots pretty well from uh, the free throw line 75% on the season doesn't get there a ton uh, shoots a couple uh, a game on average and then there's Keyshawn Woods their other starter doesn't do anything remarkably uh, well shoots well at free throws doesn't get to the free throw line Uh, he's a guy who's going to play in the wing his job is going to be to uh, make life really difficult on Matt McQuaid and Kyle Arns and Aaron Henry and whoever's out there. Uh, He's primarily going to have defensive responsibilities, uh, but isn't very much involved in the offense in terms of, you know, uh, using possession percentage or shooting the ball much. Um, So those are the main guys to look out for. It's like I said, starts down low with Caleb Wesson. If CJ Jackson gets going from three, if Luther Muhammad gets going from three, if Jackson's able to get into the lane, draw fouls and make plays, uh, that is Ohio State's key to getting a win uh, in the Breslin Center. Uh, you know, other than that, <laughs> it's going to be a, a tough road to hoe for Ohio State. And I just the way the last game kind of played out and the trajectory for Ohio State since then, uh, I think this is a game that Michigan State's going to come out really focused for uh, and play really well and just be solid all around and do a good job and not going to be a game where we have to sweat too much. Although, uh, like I've said a few times here, Ohio State is a good team with some talented players who can definitely hurt you. So if they, they come out flat like they did against Indiana, like they did against Illinois, if they're unorganized, if they're turning the ball over, if they're not getting to shooters on the three-point line, that's another big thing to watch is Michigan State. Uh, is their perimeter defense good or are shooters getting open for Ohio State uh, early in the game? Uh, if they don't do the stuff that they're supposed to do, Ohio State's a team that can absolutely beat you. Uh, so should be a fun one. CBS one o'clock tip. Those are always fun. Bill Raftery uh, on the, uh, the the color commentating. He's always a joy. Would love to uh, get an onions call from him sometime soon, but not in this type of game. I hope it's not close enough where he has to break out the onions uh, for a Michigan State shot. So that is going to be the end of today's show. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Spartans this week. Uh, we will be back next week on Monday. Uh, President's Day, yay! Uh, we'll be back Monday with a, a review of how this game went against Ohio State, uh, and maybe talk about uh, the slam dunk contest if Miles Bridges wins it, or maybe if something you know, if even if he doesn't wins it or has the best dunk or something like that, we might talk about it. We'll see. But definitely going to talk about this Ohio State game, so we'll do that Monday uh, on Locked On Spartans. Follow the show on Twitter at on Spartans. Follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter. One L two underscores. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. It is all genuinely appreciated. Thanks for taking a little bit of time to listen to the show today uh, and get your little preview in. Uh, we'll be back Monday with another episode of Locked On Spartans. Until then, go green.